Welcome everyone. Another episode of Devil's Army Cast. We're recording fresh off a uh, fresh off of watching a Devil's five three victory. It was what a, very, a wild very game. nice game. It was a wild game back and forth. Well deserved victory. Got episode thirty six on tap for you today. Only three Devils players in history have worn the sweater number thirty six. Jim O'Brien, who was a career AHLer, spent most of his career with the Ottawa Senators. Nick Lappin, who everyone's well aware of. Um, I don't know where Nick Lappin's playing hockey nowadays. Somewhere he ended in up the minor in a trade, somewhere. didn't he? he I, I think he walked free agency and okay. he signed a minor league deal somewhere. And then we got Ben Street, who's still in the devil system, wore that sweater number um, last year. So very, very um, dry sweater number in devil's history. So anyway, you all should be listening to this on Monday, February 1st. James and Chris, the yep. duo, as always. All right, jumping right into this thing. We're going to have some current news for you. Devil's Game recaps. We got three recaps from the previous week. We got Devil's Game previews. We're going to preview the next three upcoming games. We're going to do a trending up, trending down, Devil-specific segment. NHL wide game recaps, takeaways. AHL, a little AHL preview for you. AHL is going to be kicking off this upcoming Friday, Binghamton Devils, or we could call them the Newark Devils this season. We'll be opening up their season. Mm-hmm. Thought we'd give you a little preview there. Going to end it out with some bar down bets, and then that'll be that. So, stopping into this current news. Not much going on. We kind of recorded not too long ago, I believe. But anyway, Sammy Votnin's officially in New Jersey as of today, which is Sunday, January 31st, I believe it's now a mandatory seven-day quarantine with however many negative tests. Aaron Dell arrived in Jersey a couple days ago. I forget if that was on our last episode or not, but he arrived a few days ago, so he should be coming off the list in the next three, four days. I forget what day exactly was placed on that. Devils had a string of additions to the list. Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac, Connor Carrick all added to the COVID list. Connor Carrick was added because he went home to celebrate a bur- the birth of a newborn with his wife. So congratulations to Connor. Congratulations. Travis Zajac was added a few days ago. I forget if we talked about this on the previous episode or not, but Kyle Palmieri is the big and the new one. He was added right before the game started, like literally about like 15, 20 minutes before the game started today on Sunday. And that got me riled up, except first they didn't tell anybody like why he wasn't playing. It was just like news. He was a healthy scratch. Oh God. So that got people going. I was, I was going a little crazy. It, it, got a lot of, again. it got a lot of people going. No, it was more of, what the heck is Ruff doing healthy scratching? No one thought it was a trade. Oh, okay. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people are like, what the heck's Ruff doing here? I mean, sitting Kyle Palmieri, fine. He hasn't been great to start the season, but I mean, you can't be sitting Kyle Palmieri. Not luckily, but he's unfortunately put on the COVID list. It makes the whole thing make more sense. Just kind of like a weird circumstance there. So that's something to watch. He hasn't officially been placed on a list yet. I mean, maybe by the time this is released, he'll be on the list. The list usually comes out later in the day. Mm-hmm. But he is in he, his absence was COVID related. That's all we know for now. I'm sure they filed the paperwork to the league offices. It probably just won't get processed till tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think the COVID list gets dropped around like four o'clock, five o'clock every day. So anyway, that's your devil's related COVID. You devil's got to be careful here. A few more names start popping up and they're going to be postponing games. They'll be in like yep. the, uh, the Carolina hurricanes or yeah, hurricanes stars. And uh, I think San Jose now has issues too. So I got to be careful with this. Something to monitor here. Yeah. So 
Sam Bennett of the Calgary Flames. He's been a bottom six role for them, middle six role, officially requested a trade. He's, he's a solid offensive producer in terms of generating shot attempts. His team's good at generating shot attempts while he's on the ice. Defensively, it's a little ugly, and he's not a great goal scorer finisher. I mean, Devils could look for forward talent. I wouldn't mind the Devils seeing and inquiring what this would be about, but Devils need more of goal-scoring forward talent, and that's not really what Sam Bennett's game is. Either way, something to keep your eye on, see where Sam Bennett ends up. He's still young. I think he's only 25 or something like that. Also, today, the Rangers placed defenseman Tony D'Angelo, who scored how many goals on the Devils last year? Four? <laughs> Too many. In that one game? Too many. Anyway, he was placed on waivers, supposedly something behind the scenes with starting goaltender Alexander Gorgiev happened. D'Angelo's just been an absolute mess defensively. He's he's a great offensive defenseman, but defensively he's, he's very, very poor. So his name's on waiver. Still a young guy. I don't know what his contract looks like. I mean, certainly the Devils don't need someone uh, that has the game D'Angelo has. Very mm-hmm. offensive guy. Plus, Devils' decor is packed already, so don't expect the Devils to be anywhere near D'Angelo, rightfully so. Um, but besides that, any other news I'm missing, Chris, you could think of? Mm, not that I could think of off the top of my head. Alrighty, cool. We'll, uh, we'll move on then. So, we're going to go to these game recaps. We're going to recap the second game of the doubleheader against the Flyers on 128. Then we got the back-to-backs against the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo on the 30th and 31st. So, 128, this was probably the weirdest game this season, Chris. Uh, don't you Don't you think? Yes. So, the scoring got open. Damon Severson, absolute laser show. Um, first shot, one nothing. Right after that, I think minutes later, Nate Prosser, defenseman whose main stint, I think, was with the Wild before the Flyers. First game of the season comes in for whatever reason. He's on the doorstep, puts home a juicy rebound that Scott Wedgwood shouldn't have given up. Kyle Palmieri lost him. Um, but, yeah, Wedgwood, the puck hit Wedgwood in the glove, and he gave up the rebound. So that wasn't a good look for Wedgwood there. 1-1 after the first period. There was no scoring in the second Third period, two goals, both by the Flyers, unfortunately. The first one was by Michael Roffle. Chris, I don't know if you remember this play, but entering the zone, he shot the puck off the end boards to spring a teammate on the pass. It was a really, really smart play. Mm-hmm. Didn't work, but the puck somehow squirted around, got lost, ended up in the back of the net by Roffle, so that made it 2-1. And then uh, I, I think this is one of the more prettier plays in hockey, the slap pass. Yep. Yeah, so it was a slap pass by Jacob Vorchak, Claude Giroux, make it 3-1, insurance goal, put the game away for the Flyers. Shots on goal, though, in this game were 34-17. to This was the Carter Hart show. He was absolutely terrific, and I joked. I believe it was on our socials, too. I put a post out. Um, can't wait for Mr. .889 save percentage to figure it out against the Devils today. Sure enough, he did. Entering the game, Hart was just struggling, but we all know Carter Hart's one of the better if not the best young goaltender in the league started to figure it out unfortunately against the devils he was just great that game he stole the game for the flyers yeah i mean um we we knew Hart was struggling and i think i mentioned in our previous episode um devil's got a pressure him make sure that he doesn't get his game back against us fortunately it looks like he did even though we did get off to that solid start thanks to sivo on that shot um yeah i mean i, I have Hart. 
in fantasy, so unfortunately it was kind of one of those things where I'm like, uh... <laughs> always, Chris, always got to hold your your teams over your fantasy. Fantasy football, fantasy hockey, always. I, I always your try to avoid team. division always players. Gotta. I can't... I try to avoid drafting Cowboys and Eagles and NFL, and I try to avoid, like, Flyers and Rangers, and, and See, I just that I can't. I don't have any... <laughs> That I don't have any issue with. My thing is, you just always got to root for your team yeah. over the fan, your fantasy team, you know? So, mm. anyway, uh, yeah, the, the Flyers, man, they're just a weird team. I'll never understand them. They've gotten brutally outplayed at 5v5 this year, have had a bad penalty kill, goaltending's been suspect, yet. I, I think they're like six and two or something crazy like that. It, this team just doesn't make sense every year. Luckiest team in the NHL so far this year. So, anyway, this game was the first time we saw. Well, Jester Bratt made a season debut in this game. Um, this was the first time we saw the Bratt Hughes Johnson trio, and it was terrific. Absolutely awesome. First time we saw in a full game the Smith Severson pairing. Also terrific. So a little foreshadowing for things to come. Just wanted to note there. Anything else you want to add about this 3-1 loss before we move on to this uh, doubleheader or back-to-back games? It was disappointing not to come away with the win. Um, I thought we really played at least at a level with Philly where we weren't you know, being dominated or anything Philly in this game. Yeah. So it, it was, it was disappointing to not get any points from those two games, but uh, we got a lot more against them coming up this year. So we'll get them back. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. Buffalo, these games are in Buffalo. The first game was 1.30 or January 30th, which was Saturday. It was a noon game. 4-3 sh- uh, shootout loss. This game went to a shootout. First period, two goals, one by <sighs> Eric Stahl, right? That's the that's the stall that's on Buffalo. And the other by Ty Smith. It was a power play goal. Ty Smith continues doing Ty Smith things. No goals in the second period. Third period's where things got really crazy. So Andres Janssen made it 2-1. It was a beautiful goal. It was a, it was a snipe show. Um, finally seeing the Andres Janssen that was traded for. Mm-hmm. Then two consecutive Buffalo goals. This uh, Victor Olsen kid, uh, Bryce Salvador talked it in the pregame show. He said he didn't want to compare him to Ovechkin on the power play, but like his the way he operates on the power play is he sits on top of the circle and he rockets one-timers, and he did that. And this kid shot just unreal. Um, so he had a power play goal. Like I said, two consecutive goals from Buffalo to make it three to two. And Yanni Kokinen, first career NHL goal. It was just a cre- – it was like textbook, fourth line, gritty, dirty goal. Like he banked it off uh, Linus Allmark's back later in the third period, tied things up, went to overtime, nothing cooking there, went to a shootout. And, of course, Devils were held scoreless in the shootout as usual. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the Devils got a point here, but not the full two. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I mean, I, I, I missed most of this game. I had to watch the highlights for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw Andreas Janssen, you know, start performing again. Um, unfortunately, I, I was surprised I didn't see Hughes in the rotation for the shootout. I yeah, figured he would have been not happy. one of the main guys. When I saw it was Brat. Uh, it was Brat Palms, and who was the third one? I know uh, it wasn't Hughes. Uh, Brat Palms and Goose, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe Gusev. Yeah, I, I was surprised that that Hughes wasn't put out there for it, but um. Yeah, everyone was. A lot of people were not happy about that. Yeah, I mean it's it's like you said. Um, we we expect to get you know two points out of that to take the next step forward. Um, fortunately that didn't happen. Um, it it's just kind of hard. <laughs> it's kind of hard to evaluate that game. Devil should have won. Yeah. So overall, New Jersey was solid 5v5 team um which is coming in this game i don't know if you all remember on the last podcast i was kind of explaining how <clears throat> excuse me how buffalo is a pretty good 5v5 team their metrics were in the top I believe 10 in both important possession statistics at 5v5 and this first game and we'll talk about the second game devils were really solid at even strength 5v5 um, Severson Smith pairing once again was absolutely terrific. Uh, we were seeing a Matt Tennyson Dmitry Kulkov pairing, and we're also seeing Dmitry Kulkov struggle for the first time all year. Um, put two and two together there. Brett Janssen Hughes was insane once again, but to start the game for whatever reason, we didn't see this line. Lindy Ruff went to the Zaka Brat. Gusev line that found success last year quickly went away from that went back to the Brett Johnson Hughes line and it worked so you got to stick with that I don't know why he thought to split him up in the first place and we're starting to see more and more struggles out of Igor Sharangovich um, just I mean his speed's still there his shots on display whenever he shoots the puck but he's been getting stuck in his D zone decent bit of turnovers in his own zone it's just not trending in the right direction there with uh, Igor so mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add here before we go to this game today? You said you weren't able to much uh, watch much, so. No, I had to, I had to catch the highlights. Right. Unfortunately, I had stuff yeah. come up this weekend. Yeah, it happens. Um, anyway, we'll move to the second game. This game was also 1 o'clock start day after. Bill's got the 5-3 dub. Fresh off watching that game. Yeah. We're recording. We hopped on and started recording right after. So, scoring started 2-0 Devils. 2-0 lead. Most dangerous lead in hockey. Yeah, Michael McLeod, Andres Janssen, first period goals. Michael McLeod, man, Andres Janssen, both. Well, Andres Janssen's been turning up the past few games, but Michael McLeod's had a really start, uh, solid season overall. Mm-hmm. And he's conti- he continued in this game. Michael McLeod was a theme of this game. Anyway, period two. Curtis Lazar, who's been a very good player for the Sabres this year, struggle in Calgary, change of scenery, he's clicking in Buffalo, and Rashmus Stalin got a power play goal in this period, uh, in second period. So that made it 2-2. 2-0 lead gone. Miles Wood with the buzzer beater. Buzzer beater at the end of the second period. Yeah, made I think it, it was like point nine was on the clock when they, uh, when that, when they stopped like the freeze frame when the puck crossed mm-hmm. the line. So... Yeah, I was stuck with the Buffalo broadcast, which, like I said, very interesting. <laughs> but I, I heard NHL that MSG, uh, well, I have NHL TV too, but it was on NHL Network in Philly, so uh, I okay. couldn't use NHL TV for this game. Anyway, I heard that there was something going on with the the clock 
on the MSG broadcast. It was like a weird font or something. Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, I noticed that too when Buffalo had a power play. It just said Buffalo power play. It didn't have like a time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. wait, how long are they on the power play for? And like, I think Kanji had to say when they had a couple seconds left. So there was definitely yeah. some clock issue or something. Great. Well, anyway, I, I, I missed it. The other MSG broadcast, the Buffalo MSG. Forget they're on MSG. Um, Buffalo Sabres are MSG network team as well. But anyway, so going back to the second period goal before the Woods Wood falls a beater, the Buffalo goal, Rossman Stalin, point shot, power play. The refereeing this year has been absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it's we've had some awful. bad games. It's. I, I know the Devils, we've seen it specifically against the Devils, but we've seen the Devils get some soft calls too. And even watching league-wide, there's been a lot of crap calls. I don't know what it is, but officiating has been garbage. No difference in this game. The Dowling goal was a result of Andres Janssen face-off violation penalty. Face-off violation. We haven't seen that called since that weird preseason where they were calling it on every face-off. Remember that weird little thing they were doing? Yeah. Do you recall that? Anyway, it was just stupid, man. I Refs like getting the involved. Refs need to drop the puck. Yeah. They, There's nothing more frustrating, uh, even when you're playing like in younger, lower leagues. I, I remember I would get frustrated sometimes where the ref just wouldn't drop the puck, and it's like, can you just like drop this thing so we can get going? Like, stop making this a bigger deal than it already is. <laughs> yeah, I one of my biggest sports, probably like one of my biggest pet peeves in lives are just officiating in general, any sport, basketball, hockey, football. I just yeah. don't like them. <laughs> Not the, one referee I ever liked. The, the best officials are the ones who... Don't make it all about themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, either you get, like, your Wes McCauley, who's, like, funny, and he knows, like, it's a running joke <laughs> with how he calls games, or um, they, they let the players play, you know? Like, they try to not call stuff unless it's egregious. Um, yeah, which those, is those are Those are good officials right there. Is, you know, they'll let you they'll let you play. They, they won't, like, call you for, like, a tiny little thing, but if it's blatantly obvious, then, yeah, they got to call it. So. Yeah, and I totally agree there. You got to do your job, and if there's like a blatant penalty, then yeah, you call it. But we haven't been seeing blatant penalties called in the NHL this year. It's just been awful. Anyway, enough about the refs. Um, well, at, at the end of the day, one more thought before we move on here. At the end of the day, it's on the Devils to kill the penalties and stuff, and that's what they haven't been doing. So you can't solely blame the refs because, like I said, at the end of the day, the team's the Devils penalty kill has to get it done. So, all right. Period two. We end with that Milesville buzzer beater. We got 3-2 Devils lead. Period three answers with a Buffalo tying goal. I believe it was another Dalian power play goal. Oh, no. Rochester Salinan, maybe. Power play goal. So, that makes it 3-3. Mr. Michael McLeod answers with his second goal of the game. And Miles Wood insurance empty netter goal for the Devils to make it 5-2-3. Before we like summarize this game as a whole, I just want to go back to that first McLeod goal. How about them silky mitts and that pass by PK Subban? Yeah, yeah, it was a very nice play. Um, it was beautiful. The first period was one where, uh, at the end of it, I know I was um, not thrilled with what I was watching. I felt the Devils were turning the puck over too much and getting out muscled. But maybe it was just you know sort of a recency bias thing with the last couple minutes there in the period. But yeah, it was a solid play. Yeah, that was a very nice, nice play. 
Uh, overall, shots and goal, 37-33 in favor of the Devils. Eric Comrie, 30 saves on 33 shots. Overall, it was weird. He was either really good or really not good. That one goal they had on the power play that they stuffed mm-hmm. home short side, he should have definitely had that, and I'm sure he'll tell you that too. Um, he had some ridiculous saves. He had to go down in splits to make. Um, overall, fun game out of Comrie. Surprisingly, Michael McLeod had the third most ice time <laughs> of forwards in this game. I thought that was unique. Good, good uh, for him. Good for him. Yeah. Damon Severson led the lay on defense in terms of ice time, and that needs to be a thing for the rest of the year. You can't keep giving P.K. Subban top minutes. Damon Severson is your best defenseman. Use him like he is. Haters hate. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> Damon Severson's just, you got to accept it. He's the devil's best D-man, and P.K. Subban has not nearly been as bad as people are saying he has, but he has had his struggles these past couple games and has no is no longer a 25-minute-night defenseman. But um, overall, 5v5, devil's dominated. And like I said, Buffalo's a pretty good 5v5 team coming in this back-to-back, which is good to see for the devil's. Um, best numbers on the season as a team at 5v5. Devils had 68% of the goal share, which is a really good number at 5v5. Ty Smith and Damon Severson pairing was unreal this game. They had a goal share of 97%. That's unreal. Like, that's just absolutely insane. Bada bing, bada boom. Dmitry Kulkov with Matt Tennyson tonight, or this afternoon. Eight shot attempts for, 11 shot attempts against in seven minutes, or in 11 minutes of ice time. Cool call played seven minutes without Matt Tennyson. In these seven minutes without, he had 15 shot attempts for and one against while he was on the ice for the Devils. That dot 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 say something. But anyway, uh, what else we got going here? All right, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I thought today was a, a solid win. Um, Miles Wood for MVP. Let's just get that going. Let's get that going right now. Um, hashtag it on Twitter. Whatever we got to do. Um, Ty Smith, if he keeps it up, he, he's going to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation, I feel like, this year. And uh, I liked – we've already seen that fourth line or third line, uh, whatever their their technical distinction is, of McLeod, Bashan, and Wood. We've seen them perform. I liked what I saw from the Hughes, Janssen, and uh, Bratt line today as well. I thought they played pretty well. Really good at finding each other, generating opportunities. I mean, there was a solid – probably like a minute and a half, I think, minute and a half, two minutes. They kept the puck in the Buffalo zone, and Buffalo just couldn't get it out. So uh, those are my big takeaways from the game today. So Yeah, yeah that first line is terrific. Um, we'll talk more about those in a bit. Uh, but I think from like a summary perspective, I don't know if there's anything else we want to add here on these past three games. We're all good, right? Uh, so- Miles Wood for MVP, that's it. Let's get it, let's get it going. <laughs> Let's get it trending. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Wood for Hart. Twenty. Wood, wood for Hart. One. Yep. Uh, what's wood the four, record four. nowadays? You do, you do Wood with a four, and then Hart. You put the a four where the A is, so that way you got forty-four in there. Oh, look get, at you! Get, you're, get, you're get it trending, baby. Get got this the thing trending. Going. Get it going. So, standings-wise, little standings check for you. Nine games in, the Devils are four, three, and two. That is good for two, three. In the uh, the each division, elite. Uh, honestly, the way the division's at right now, we got Washington one. I haven't lost the game yet in regulation, <laughs> six zero and three, which 
I can see the gaps finishing up there. The Flyers somehow are two at six, two and one. I'll just I cannot comprehend how that's a thing. Uh, Bruins figure it out. They're five, one and two. They're third, and the Penguins are fourth right now. So I, I think I believe that's how we both predicted the top four to go before the season started. Could be yeah. wrong. I know I did, but um, yeah. So that's the top four right now. I think that's pretty fair. And then you got the Devils, Sabers, Islanders, and Rangers under them. Islanders struggling to start the year. Finally, they're regressing a bit. But um, yeah. Full standings check for you. Anyway, I think we're gonna jump into our trending up, trending down segment right now, and then we'll go into the previews. So, Chris, if you want to give me a couple players, Devils related, that are trending up for you these past three games. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Andreas Janssen, um, he seems to be getting it going. Uh, even, I think it was that Philly game, not the one we just recapped, but the one before he, he hit that post coming in on a backhand, so he knew it was a matter of time at that point he was getting chances. Um, Michael McLeod, you know, I think he scored another one today. One of his two goals was, again, like a little squeaker where, like, the goalie got most of it, but it just squeaked through and it crossed over the line. Um I would, I would put him in that category as well. And Brad has also looked very impressive uh, since arriving. Uh, good skating, you know, kind of keeping up with the play and everything. So that's that's good to see. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree there. That line hole, that line one as a whole is definitely trending up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon Severson, Ty Smith pairing has been absolutely electric since they were paired together. And me and Chris both said that we would love to see this pairing like before it was a thing. So mm-hmm. look at us hockey analysisers. Um, and Michael McLeod also playing very well, continued his strong season. Uh, trending down, I have goaltending as a whole. Scott Wedgwood slowly starting to struggle more and more. And then Eric Comrie overall was pretty solid today. The only thing, my only complaint is, like, he did let in a couple soft ones. It, it was, like, very inconsistent, his play today. I felt like it was really, really good or really, really bad. So, if you like goaltending, they need Aaron Dell back now. Hopefully, Mackenzie Blackwood's getting healthier or testing negative or whatever's going on with him. Uh, Nikita Gusev has just been not good this year. I'm getting concerned with Mr. Gusev, i got to say. And Matt Tennyson's going to always be trending down because he's not an NHL-level player, but still in the lineup every night for whatever reason. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I mean... Um, trending down. I, I'd say... Uh, Tennyson is it's fair to put him in that category I know James has been talking about it for a while um, unfortunately it does seem to sort of be bearing out even with a, a different partner but who knows maybe maybe a game or two that can change um, but as of right now it's it's not necessarily looking that way um, I would say that Sharon Govich kind of similar position as last episode we had I had him in the category of, of yeah, kind of falling down but I didn't I wouldn't knock him much lower. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Maybe Zaka as well, just a little bit. I um, feel like he might have some opportunities that he's just missing on. And, you know, it, it, I don't think yeah. he's, he's that far down on that list. I think he's very close to being upside. But that was a textbook um, Pavel Zaka career moment today. When he missed that wide open net, like the net was just, it couldn't mm-hmm. even be more wide open. That was just textbook Pavel Zaka, unfortunately. Anyway, 
Uh, I totally agree with the Igor Sharangovich. Forgot to put him on this list. I feel like he may be um, out of the lineup sooner rather than later. We saw Mikhail Maltz. I know. I was going to say, we saw NHL Maltz NHL debut. Like, we didn't even talk about that. We saw uh, Mikhail Maltz of NHL debut, worth mentioning. Um, we saw Jesper Boquist plug back in the lineup today as well. Finally, he has had a pretty good season when he's in the lineup in terms of a possession standpoint. Haven't seen it much on the score sheet or at all, but glad to see him back in the lineup as well. Uh, all right, that was trending up, trending down. We are going to talk about some game previews now. We got three games this upcoming week that we're going to talk about before we rec- uh, record next. We got uh, February 2nd, which is Tuesday. Devils are in Pittsburgh. They're still in Pittsburgh Thursday which is February 4th, and they'll return home and play a game against the Rangers on February 6th. So this Pittsburgh game, games, shall say. Pittsburgh, as I mentioned before, they're fourth in the East right now. They're sitting at a 5-3-1 and one record. Their goal differential, though, is negative five. They must have had a big L somewhere in there. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh... I feel like as a theme with a lot of these teams that I've seen, their forward depth isn't great. You got a very, very strong top six, and then you don't got much elsewhere (laughs) after that. This Crosby-Gentle-Rust line has arguably been the best line in the whole NHL this year. Like, it's insane. (laughs) And this Brian Rust phenomenon this past couple years is just unreal. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. (laughs) Hockey's a a confusing sport, man. Uh, Their line, too, is good as well. Defensive and goalie is this team's issue, and Chris nailed this on the head earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking Tristan Jari, Casey the Smith duo. Each have a save percentage below 900. <clears throat> Defensive group has not been good, but I mean, when you're rolling out Cody CC, Chad Rudwell, uh, Chad Rudwell, and Yannick Weber, I, I don't know how much production you're going to get there. Brian Dumlin's injured, and I believe we're seeing a debut of. Pierre Oliver Joseph, I believe his name is. So would we say Latang is basically their only defenseman? As of right now, I think that's a safe assumption in terms of defenseman producing. John Marino struggling a bit too. He had a very good rookie season, but he's struggling a bit over there. Um, he got paid and now he's struggling a little bit. I'm not one of the believer into that, but that's something just to watch where he's been trending down. Um, what else we got for the Penguins? High-scoring games, their uh, goals against average and goals for is like right around three. So that's six game, six goals per game, which is a very high number. 5v5, their top half team in the league in terms of possession numbers. For the Penguins, it's really coming down to their goaltending. 30th in the league at 5v5 save percentage. Guess the only team worse than the Penguins. It connects. Uh, this connects kind of indirectly. No. Was, so much trying, good. Buffalo's try, down there, though. I was trying to think of trades because I know they've um, had some trade yeah, history. It's a trade. It's a trade connection here. Trade Penguins connection. trade connection. Hmm. Run out of time. Give yeah, three, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get it. Matt Murray and Ottawa Centers are okay, the only team okay, with worse go. goaltending than these Penguins this year. But anyway, special teams, surprisingly for Pittsburgh, they're bad. Not doing well. Bottom half of the league. Power play and penalty kill. Anyway, all right, Chris, go ahead. Anything you want to mention about the Penguins here? No, I mean, they're kind of a, a, a – they're an interesting team because for the past, I want to say, two seasons, I've, I've been firm in this camp of 
I don't think Pittsburgh is what they were when they were winning their back-to-back cups. I don't think that they are necessarily not a playoff team either. Like to me, both this season and even last year, I remember I was saying that I view Pittsburgh as like a wild card team. If they get in, it's going to be through the wild card. Part of that being how stacked the Metro is, but part of it just me saying, I think they're, they're kind of losing a little bit of their, their ground on being a powerhouse. Um, and again, I'm. It wasn't like I was rooting for you know any of these guys, Tristan Jari or Casey DeSmith, to not do well. But it's just I I've seen it too many times where like you have a backup who does well in a backup role, um, phenomenal, and then he gets put into a starting role and things just seem to change for some reason. You know the production doesn't stay the same. So that was my concern with Jari coming into the season was like you know he he looked great last year, but it was kind of like a. He started out as a backup, and then they still went to Murray when they did that qualifying round instead of Jari. I don't think they put Jari in until, like, the game they basically got eliminated. Um, so, yeah, I, I had that question mark. Um, who knows? Jari could always turn it around. Prove me wrong, but so far, I'm, I'm looking pretty correct on that assessment. You are. You're, uh, Jari's proving me wrong and proving Chris right as we <laughs> go on here. Um, no, I was just curious because – Yo, we talked about you were just talking about young netminders and you seeing them perform well and they get the starting role and don't. Ilya Samsonov over in Washington has struggled this year. I didn't know this, but Vitek Vanek is who's playing now for Washington. He has seven starts this year. Or yeah, seven starts this year. Seven games played, five wins, two OT losses, nine eight one eight save percentage. So really good start for him. I don't know if Sam solves hurt or he's just struggling. I know he's at eight eight zero save percentage, something like that. So that's definitely struggling. But anyway, sorry, thought that was interesting. No, um, you got me thinking. You got my mind thinking. Um, yeah, so that's the Penguins Devils. We got two games against the Penguins. If I'm not mistaken, don't the Devils play the Penguins well in the regular season? Yes, we we historically have. Even when like they were much more dominant, we always seem to have their number. So yeah. even back when like Marty was in that and stuff, hopefully that Jan continues. Malkin, so mm-hmm. hopefully that continues. So I'm not sure goaltending wise. We got a day in between games, so I don't know if we'll see both Jari and the Smith, or we'll see just one. But anyway, no one knows when Dell or Black will be off the COVID struggling. list either. So yeah, so that's the uh, the second. Maybe we see Dell the fourth. Yeah, it's a possibility. We might see Dell in the fourth, but who knows? We'll see. Um, okay, Rangers game is on two six, which is what Saturday, maybe. Um, I believe so. Today's the 31st. We're recording. So anyway, um, Rangers two four and two struggling this year. Struggles have been kind of like all over the place. Uh, forward death outside their top six not pretty. <laughs> Defensively not pretty. Goaltenders have struggled. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember talking about the Rangers and Chris. I believe he's even said the same thing. The big thing with the Rangers this year was going to be about goaltending because their defense was not improved from last year and actually got worse with the addition of Jack Johnson. And, yeah, both Gorgiev and um, Sterkin have struggled this year, both below 900 save percentage. 5v5 numbers. I mean, we've already seen the Rangers once this year, but 5v5 numbers are actually kind of similar in New Jersey's. I think they're a little worse. Um, Just... As funny as it sounds, the Devils are getting better goaltending than the Rangers right now. Um, special teams also not great for the Rangers. So, 
it's a true yeah. testament to you know the way they're playing because you're basically down to your your second and third string goaltenders. More like um, third and fourth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you include Dell, being honest. <laughs> yeah, if you if you include Dell, I'm sure they get bumped down to third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Wedgwood and, and Comrie. Um, I, I said that last name right, right? Comrie, yes. Yes, Eric okay. Comrie. <laughs> that that AHL player. That it, I get confused between the two of them with the names. Adam Yeah. Um. I, I'm surprised. I mean, I thought the Rangers, the one area they wouldn't have to worry about this year would be their goaltending, and it turns out to not be the case so far. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, I saw Lafreniere, I think, scored his first goal against Buffalo in overtime. I don't know if he's done much else other than that. Um, he, he'll be dynamic. It's You know, I'm sure he will. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation with the Rangers. I think I had in our – projections for the standings i think i had the rangers in last in the division then us and then i had buffalo above us you did, so because i would I love was... to be partially wrong on that meaning the devils would be higher yeah <laughs> but no you did because i remember thinking like wow you have buffalo over both because i had buffalo last and mm-hmm. then the devils and the rangers i think or maybe i had the rangers and I, devils i, I really like buffalo's forward group that was my thing yeah well so far Looking, looking good there, but yeah, that's the Rangers. Devils have already seen them once this year. They'll see them again. I don't know if they play them in the series. I didn't go past the two-six game. Maybe they do. I don't know. I didn't look that far ahead. Um, all right. Anything you want to add here? These Pittsburgh Rangers games before we move on to whatever's next. I think they are games the Devils should absolutely be in. Um, I'd Better. love to take six points out of six points. I think it's possible. Um, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. I mean. The big thing is the Devils, as we mentioned, are dangerously close to that threshold of being postponed. Um, it, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a full lineup against these guys when they play them. It doesn't seem like that will be the case, but I think they're winnable games, all three of them. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, they certainly are. And if the Devils want to be competitive this year, when you have these little series, you got to take one at least. You can't be getting yep. swept like they got swept against the Flyers. They did take one-on-one against the Sabres. But, like, those are really, really good teams that are mm-hmm. going to make the playoffs, need to start sweeping some of these series. And me and Chris, will both, Chris and I will both admit the Devils aren't quite there, especially given the talent they currently have on the roster with – I mean, look at look at this, right? Devils have been had missed Nico Hishier, Jesper Bratt, Mackenzie Blackwood, Sammy Votnin, Kyle Palmieri, Travis Ajak. That's their core. All four multiple games, and they're shitting at four three and two or four three and three, whatever it is. Can't be too upset, uh, you know. Anyway, um, before we move on to NHL wide game recaps and takeaways, want to have a quick discussion here. Forward lines, right? Devils. Mm-hmm. They got Johnson Hughes-Bratt, great line one. Wooden McLeod-Bashan, great line four or three, whatever you want to yeah, talk whatever about. whatever they're slotted in got it. two good lines. They have other counted pieces. You just got to put those pieces together and make two other lines. You do that, fellow four group should be okay, you know? And you should get what Ruff wants, which is just four continuous rolling lines, not necessarily Which, which he's definitely been lines. doing this year, by the yeah. way. He's been rolling his lines. He doesn't care who's on them. It varies who gets ice time. Like, we saw Mikey McLeod play the third most ice time. I believe, like, a game before McLeod play, won the fewest mm-hmm. total ice time. So, yeah, just a little note there that looks like Devils have two solid lines. They just got to put together two more. 
but all right, moving on. We got any July game recap takeaways, anything that caught your eye? Oh, we're talking about Ty Smith, right? So he mm-hmm. is leading the rookies, all rookies, forwards, defensemen, in points with eight. Um, Krill Kaprizov, how do you say Kap- his name? I think it's uh, Kaprizov. Kaprizov, he's the wild, unreal rookie. He's one point behind Ty Smith. So, while they're playing well, by the way, they got a nice little team there. I don't know yeah. their record exactly, but they're uh, when I was looking at possession numbers and five v five, they're at the top in like most categories. So good to see Minnesota playing well. Um, Connor McDavid just unreal. Did you see that goal he scored last night? Yeah, I, I, like I was say that, that every from, episode. Was that the feed from Drysital? No, that was the OT winner. That was That's the OT winner. fun thing. That League was a crazy talk. night. <laughs> Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid all scored OT game winners for their teams in a period of what, like 30 minutes? I think I saw it, it might have been uh, – it was some hockey Twitter or something. It might have been Spitted Chicklets. It might have been something else. But it said like – I think it was Crosby at like 9.36, like just time-wise, like 9.36 mm-hmm. at night. OT winner Ovechkin 937 at night OT winner and then I think McDavid was like 12 minutes later overtime winner <laughs> so yeah. it was like within 20 minutes all three of them scored overtime winners it was pretty funny yeah so that was a cool thing um yeah Connor McDavid's unreal I wasn't talking about the game winning goal he had a goal where he went end to end through about like four people and put it like upstairs where mama hides the cookies or grandma hides the cookies so just another day in the office for mcdavid and it's funny because i believe i literally said when we started this segment last episode i was like hey did you catch that mcdavid goal last night (laughs) i had like buddies texting me that don't even watch hockey they know i'm a big hockey guy they're not big hockey guys themselves they're like holy crap do you see this like even guys that don't watch (laughs) hockey know that that goal was insane yeah but yeah Connor McDavid doing Connor McDavid things. Um, standing wise, everything from an NHL wide perspective, everything looks about right. Um, Calgary Flames are disappointing a little bit. The Islanders are regressing, regressing a bit. Canucks are doing a little better than I thought. But besides that, I mean, everything looks status quo in terms of how everyone thought the season was going to go so far. Standings wise, so. Uh, besides that, I don't really have much. I mean, we didn't record too much long ago, so not much happened. But anything you'd like to add or anything caught your eye this week in hockey, Chris? Hockey-wide? No, I think I think you hit everything on the head. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I can think of anything else. So Yeah. So, alrighty. We'll move on now to our second to last segment, I believe. Yeah, second to last segment. AHL, Binghamton, column Newark Devils preview. So just to reiterate here, the excuse me, the Binghamton Devils are playing Newark in Newark this year. The was it the RWJ Barnabas Health House. Hockey House? Yeah, it's like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're going to be playing in there, of course. Chris, you played on that rank, or mm-hmm. what you say? Yeah, played yeah. on that rank. Um, so, Devils, Binghamton Devils will be playing there. I believe they said testing just makes everything easier. Uh, let me double check real quick their schedule length. I believe it's 34 games. 44 games. I forget how many total games they're playing this year. We said it recently in a podcast episode. Anyway, they open up February 5th. Friday, February 5th will be the first game of the season. I believe they have a preseason game scheduled against Wilkes-Barre. Could be wrong, though. Um, they'll be playing in North Division. They'll be playing a lot against Hershey Bears and Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the way it's structured. 
We're just going to run through their roster real quickly so you guys um, have an idea of what names you'll be hearing. Uh, we're we're going to be doing a lot of Binghamton talk in this podcast. I have the HLTV po- or package, which is great, by the way. Relatively cheap, too. Um, love watching me some Binghamton Devils, seeing how the kids are doing. So we'll run through some roster names real quick. Defensively, Michael Vorchik, who the Devils drafted now a couple years back. Uh, pretty big defenseman. Is that Chris, my boy, Bukujevic? Yeah. This is the guy Freight you like the way he plays, throwing his body around. So... I am Colby Sissons is back. Um, Colby Sissons is like not to this extent, but like Matt Tennyson for me of the HL Devils. Not like as bad, but he's been a little iffy down there. He's some seen some ECHL time in his past. Colton White, another defenseman making their uh, making his return from Binghamton this year. My boy, who I'm about to say, you Josh know, Jacobs, of course. Yeah, he'll be down there again this year. <laughs> been a veteran on that team for a few years now. Really strong HLer guy. Uh, Fringe NHLer this year. Yeah, we, we were we thought there was a chance maybe, he could make it out of camp. Maybe we'll see some taxi squad. Josh Jacobs, maybe David Quinville. Um, defenseman Devils got him in a trade last year. He'll be back. <clears throat> Riley Walsh will be down there making his pro hockey debut. Jeremy Grolo, ECHL guy, played some in the AHL last year. He'll be there. And Mr. Nikita Oktiok, um, another one of those guys who's actually in camp with the Devils. Another one of those draft picks from that draft where they just drafted a ton of defensemen. He'll be making his pro debut. Forward-wise, <clears throat> Ben Street, we've seen. Brett Sini, we've seen. Uh, Nate Schnarr, we've seen. He was in the Taylor Hall trade, played limited role for them last year. Fabian Zetterlund, we've seen in the past. Swedish prospect. Nolan Foote was on the taxi squad for a bit. Ryan Schmelzer, he's been a Binghamton staple now for the past couple of years. Good bottom line penalty killer. Marion Studenich, who had that little run a few years back, or maybe last year, a couple years ago, where he was scoring goals like crazy. He'll be back. Brendan Gignac, who's been with Binghamton for a bit now. Um, there's also some other names that you guys might not be familiar with that wasn't with Binghamton last year. So Cam Darcy signed a contract with the Binghamton Devils, 26-year-old, played with Utica and San Antonio in the past. Nick Rivera, 24-year-old center right wing, undrafted free agent, Minnesota State University, was captain there for two years. Had okay numbers, played in 10 ACHL games for Wheeling last year, will be part of the Devils. Travis St. Denis, or Dennis Denis, 28-year-old center right winger, undrafted free agent. Had a nice little career with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for four seasons. Signed a contract with the Devils. 43 points in 75 games last year. Has 304 penalty minutes in 259 AHL games. So maybe he's a bit of a he'll replace the Brandon Baddock that used to be down there. Mm-hmm. Danik Markle is the last guy that is new Devil. Um... Actually, there's one more after this. But Danik Martell was a part of the flyer system for a while. 20-plus goal scorer in the AHL. Actually has um, 13 career NHL games under his belt with the Tampa Bay Lightning and Philadelphia Flyers. So, a lot of NHL experience there. Last guy, Tyler Irvin. He's actually on a PTO. Devils also signed another player, uh, Binghamton, to another PTO. I forget the guy's name that just popped up this morning. Uh, Tyler Irvin's UDFA from Merrimack. Actually put up solid numbers at Merrimack. Um, 27 points in 32 games in the NCAA last year. Also was the team's captain. So he's on a trial. 
Yeah, so these are the names you should expect to see in Binghamton this year. Oh, forgot the goalies. Mr. Evan Cormier. Yeah, I almost got confused. I was like, wait a minute, did they already put Comrie on the list? He just played today. I'm like, wait, no, Comrie, Cormier, two two different people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Evan Cormier is going to be down there. He should play a decent role. Jeremy Brodeur was actually signed. He'll be down there. I don't know how much we'll see him play, though. Uh, maybe I don't even know if ECHL is having a season this year, but yeah, Jeremy Brodeur, he's down there. We should also see a good bit, and I hope we see a good bit of Gilly Sen down there. He should be removed off the taxi squad as soon as the Binghamton season. He'll be their number one this year. Needs to progress. So I'm put it together at the end of last year. Need him to continue progressing down there this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on here, just trying to think. The roster I just blabbled on about is the main players we'll see. I'm assuming the Devils taxi squad may shrink a tiny bit. So if we see guys like Mikhail Maltsev, we'll probably get a lot of AHL time. I don't know if we'll see the Nick Merkley down there. He'll probably be more of a taxi squad guy. But in terms of taxi, current taxi squatters, definitely Gilly Stan, probably Mikhail Maltsev. But yeah, those would be the guys you'll see down there. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like if um, with them playing basically right where the Devils play, unless your waiver's eligible, it really does not make a huge difference whether you're taxi squad or AHL because it's yeah, not like you got to fly across the country to get to the team. You know, you got to just walk great to the point. other locker room. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's that's a very good thing, and another benefit of having Binghamton so close this year is guys like Nick Merkley. Uh, Nathan Bastian and Mikhail Maltsev, even if they ever put McLeod as a healthy scratch. The, and Matt Tennyson's another guy. He's actually a pretty solid AHL defender. Um, he would be big for a team like this, maybe even like a Connor Carrick. Those guys who may be part of a taxi squad at one point can easily be down to HL and play right next door and then be back on the taxi squad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It all depends on their waiver eligibility and all that stuff, but yeah, um, most of these guys will, whoever haven't already, I think Maltsev's not waiver eligible. I don't think McLeod is. Bastion might be. I think so. Markley is. Yeah, he was, but he passed waivers through already. So I don't know okay. if he would have to pass waivers or not. Again, I don't know how that works. But um, yeah, you want to see the younger guys, though, like this Gilly Sand and Kel Maltsev. You don't want them sitting on the taxi squad if they could be playing the NHL. They got to continue to develop. So. But yeah, that was a good point you bring up, Chris. That makes that easier. So, last thing I want to talk about here before we go in the bar down bets, Chris, give me like it doesn't have to be a certain number, but give me some guys you're going to be keeping a close eye on this upcoming season in Binghamton. Uh, obviously, you know my boy Vukujevic. Uh, I like the physicality. Going to be keeping an eye on that. Um, Josh Jacobs as well. I'm sure is on your list. You know, uh, like I said, he I, isn't. I, I always really? love watching Josh Jacobs uh, play. I'm so used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was expecting him, like I said, to be like a fringe NHL guy this year. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if he had made the team out of camp. I put him as one of those defensemen battling for that final spot. Um, and then when it comes to you know the forwards, I'll I'll, I'll put uh Okuchuk in there. Uh, He's yeah, a defenseman. Oh, defenseman. Oh, my bad. I, I thought he was a forward. There he is. Yeah. He's another one of them, like, 500 defensemen that the Devils drafted. 
Um, I, he, in the I know 20, he's a solid prospect for us, draft. Yeah, he's decent. He's yeah. like one of them. Maybe one day he'll be like a bottom pairing defenseman type. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, my list. I forgot to even mention this. Kevin Ball, I believe, is on the taxi squad right now. He'll definitely be in the AHL this year when the season starts. He's going to be someone probably the number one on my list I'll be keeping an eye out on. Uh, Riley Walsh. Very excited to see Riley Walsh play this year. Big signing for the Devils that they were able to get him signed to an entry-level contract. Um, Gilly Sen, want to see if that good run to the end of the year last year carries over because he did struggle a lot in the beginning of the year. Nolan Foote, who's in the Blake Coleman trade, we'll see full year of professional hockey out of him. And I also listed Nate Schnarr on my list, just another one of them, Taylor Hall. Hall. Taylor Hall trade Hall pieces. See what mm. I did there? Yep, but, I did. Um, yeah, he was very limited role with Binghamton last year. Should get a bigger role this year, so I'm excited to see him play. So, very excited, like I said, for Binghamton slash Newark Devils hockey this year. Very, very fun ending to the year last year. Unfortunately, it was cut short, but hopefully they'll build on it down there with Mark Dennehy and his staff. So, anything else you want to add? HL hockey-related here, Chris, before we move on to bar down bets. No, uh, not much. I mean, the, uh, what's their travel situation like? Like, um, very, very. I'm assuming I'm sure it's minimal. It's gonna be bus because it's gonna be, um, uh, yeah, probably bus. So it's gonna be, like I said earlier, a lot of games against Hershey, a lot of games against Lehigh Valley. I think yeah. they have some against Utica. It's all teams in this area. So, gotcha. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, all right, part on bets. So last week, my picks went one and one. So we're six and two on the season. This pick is for uh, January. I was just about to say January 32nd. Um, these picks are for February 1st. I only have one because I didn't really like the board out there. So the lightning play. Excuse me. Hang on. Do the lightning play. Sorry. Uh, the lightning play Nashville. Regulation line for I like the regulation line. Nashville has not been good this year. Thanks, John Hines. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's all the bar down bets I got for you this week. I, don't I was really gonna say I had a I feeling it was gonna involve Hinesy a little bit there. As yeah. soon as you said Nashville, I'm like, is this a play on Hinesy or is this a play on <laughs> Nashville? It's it's a play on Nashville who's led by John Hines, who's doing John Hines things and has <laughs> him in a bit of a rut over there. But yeah, that's my only play this week. Not much cook in there. Um, alrighty. Like I said, you'll probably hear from us next time we previewed game the game through uh, the Rangers game on two six, and that is Saturday. So you'll probably hear from us again Sunday or Monday next week. So there'll be a week in between episodes coming up here. So yeah, anything else you want to add here, Chris? Before we move on. Let's go Devils, baby. Yes, sir. As always. All right. Everyone stay safe out there. If you're getting snow like I am in Philly, be careful. I love snow, but some people don't. Anyway, <laughs> Florida boy it's not getting any snow. Yeah, I'm not getting any snow here, but, but I, I, I like I like the snow. I just don't miss shoveling it. I had to spend, you know, a good amount of my life shoveling nor'easters and blizzards <laughs> by myself. That was never fun, but yeah. the aftermath of that was always nice. All right. All right. Stay safe, everyone out there. We'll talk to you in about a week.